Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice... Hello, and welcome to another episode of FW Presents, the anthology show for the Fire and Water Podcast Network. And this is the first episode of what might be many episodes we are calling Meanwhile... Dot, dot, dot. Joining me, of course, I'm Rob Kelly, our Ryan Daly and Max Romero. Hi, guys. Hey, hey Rob. Up? So, uh, yeah, I, of course, as everybody knows, the Fire and Water Podcast Network's uh, mantra, its mission statement is find your joy. And we, uh, we are finding that very, very severely tested right now because we're in the middle of a pandemic. So, <laughs> is, that what that is? is that what that is? Is that what's going on out there? <laughs> That's what's going on out there. So, we thought it might be interesting to have an occasional show where different permutations of the Fire and Water Network get together and just talk about what we're doing to kind of get through this enforced social distancing. Uh, as uh, as you might guess, when it comes to podcasters, a lot of that social distancing is not in, it's not forced. Um, <laughs> but uh, in, in some cases, for some of us, it's a boon. But I just thought it might be interesting to reach out and, and, and talk to different people about what all we're doing to kind of get through this. So why don't we start initially? We can just we're not, again we're not going to get into the details of of the COVID nineteen and all that stuff because we obviously much like our president don't know anything about what's going on. <laughs> so uh, we can't provide any sort of details about that. But we can at least set the bar the baseline as to what is going on in our individual in our individual neck of the woods. For me here in New Jersey, our governor just declared basically everything except for supermarkets and uh like liquor stores and convenience stores and and a couple of the places are closed pretty much all businesses are closed and they want everybody as much as possible to stay at home so that is what we are dealing with we starting this week uh, both kelly and i worked started working from home so we have all of our computers set up on our dining room table and we've spent our first week working from home and there were some ups and downs to that but that's basically where we are so like um as people know on the fire and water fitness page like our uh, the gym in our building is closed um the movie theater in our building is closed ironically enough that was the reason part of the reason i wanted to move to this building is because it had a movie theater and now we may never actually get to use it um so i've been i've been running out in the cold and stuff and so damn you covid19 i don't like being out in the cold that's basically where we are here in new jersey so ryan why don't you explain look where where are you guys with this in vermont well first of all are we skipping the in-stock trades recommendation because i got <laughs> i've got i've got batman contagion already <laughs> It's down to twenty dollars and twenty nine cents. <laughs> Chuck Dixon, various artists, Graham Nolan. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll so. tag that on later on this show. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Up in up in Vermont, um, things are the same. Nobody's noticed anything. No, I I kind of jokingly said. I mean, one of my friends, my friend Peter on Twitter, asked what was sort of the accidental smartest thing that you've done. <laughs> prepare for uh, this time of quarantine i was like well i accidentally decided to become a stay-at-home father two years ago mm. so my life has changed very little in the last <laughs> week um it's like what are we gonna do today reese we're gonna watch some dora the explorer we're gonna read some books we might go for a walk around the bar- apartment or something that that really hasn't changed that much um it but our, our life has changed more for my wife for angela um, and I don't know if this has come up on an actual show or not. I mean, so you guys know um, our situation. Uh, my wife is a teacher at uh, a 
semi-private high school up in Vermont, and it is a boarding school, or it has a boarding school component to it. About 25, maybe 30 percent of the student population are uh, resident students who live in dorms. Most of them are international students, and actually a lot of them are from mainland China or Hong Kong or Korea or Taiwan. Uh, we do have some European and some uh, Mexican students who come. And we, I mean, we have students from honestly, a hundred different countries, but the bigger populations uh, are actually the Chinese students. But anyway, <clears throat> so that school has closed down. Uh, they, the teachers basically, they were kind of given the, the idea, it's like, hey, this is probably going to happen. So about a week before it closed down, they all started kind of scrambling, okay, what can we do to facilitate like teaching online? And they, they have these you know, programs where they're able to like send out these, these lessons to their students. So that's what Angie has been doing in the mornings. She has been staying in contact with her students and her parents. But the other kind of more complicated factor is the dorm part of the, the school because that's where we live. Uh, we are proctors for one of the dorms. My wife is the head proctor of a dorm that serves 37 girls. Uh, and we have our own apartment that's like part connected to the dorm. It's, it's not like we live in dorm rooms the way you would imagine at college. We've got a really, uh, for, for what it is, a really nice apartment. But it's we, we're also responsible for all those girls. And when the school shut down and said, yeah, you can't come anymore. Like some of our students were in the position where, okay, they were saying you should leave. You should go home, go back to your own countries. Or like for some of the American students, go back to your own states. But for some of our students, they didn't have the option. They can't get back to their own country. Or some of them just choose they don't want to go because they think it'll be better to stay, to wait it out here. Um, but it's kind of a mess because the the principal and the administration told them, okay, we are at least closed through April 20th because we we're going to have a spring break then. Uh, at the, so like we're we're going to be closed through then. But realistically, I mean, a lot of them were expecting it's not going to reopen, you know, in a month or something like that. We're we're not gonna, like I mean, it, it, things are going to be worse then. So for a lot of our girls, I mean, like when they got the news, they were really heartbreaking. I mean, it seems kind of silly like from us as like grown adults and everything like but put it in the in the head of like a 17 year old and in, still in high school these kids are going to miss their prom they're never going to walk down the aisle at their high school graduation some of them have boyfriends or girlfriends or best friends here that they're going to leave and go, they're going to different countries they're never going to see each other again mm -hmm. so when they got the news that you know school was closed i mean if I, back when i was 17 if i heard that school's going to be closed for the rest of the school year hell's yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm throwing, I'm throwing a party. Hey, what? Before we lock everybody out, you know, come on over. Let's let's hang out. Let's do something. Cue <laughs> up the print know. CDs. Exactly, exactly. Um, but no, they were they were like, no, this is it. I mean, this is the the end of their school year. This is the end of high school for them, and and they're not going to get to end it on the terms that they wanted, that they pictured their whole life. Uh, so uh, when I realized that, I was like, okay, that is kind of sad and heartbreaking for them. But I mean, in the meantime. We've still got, you know, a dozen girls living here and, and some of them are going to be leaving because they're getting, you know, access to get back to their countries or they're finding out that it's not as bad as they thought. Um, but probably for the next couple of months, at least until the summer, and then we'll reassess, I think we're going to be living in the, this dorm and sort of you know, like partially supervising these kids who aren't really supposed to leave their rooms and it's going to be kind of nuts, so – 
do you but again, have, that's uh, mostly that's my wife's responsibility. I'm just you know I'm <laughs> I'm watching <laughs> Disney Plus and, and playing with the kid. Are you is your pediatrician like available to you in case you need something for for Reese? I mean, yes. I mean, like actually, like a lot of a lot of the local businesses are still open, um, but they're not. You know, it, it, we're, we're not in a total lockdown. A lot of our businesses are still open, but it's recommended don't go there to shop. Call ahead, with the exception of like big box stores or grocery stores or something like that, where you can go down the aisle without bumping into somebody. Uh, then you can still do those things, but like. Um, food stores, bars, things like that. Those are like, you can call them, email your order or something like that. And they'll have it prepared for you in terms of like doctor's offices, pediatricians. I'm assuming, I mean, Reese was supposed to have an appointment like a few weeks ago anyway. And the doctor uh, pushed it back, like delayed it for other reasons. Um, And we've got vet appointments next month that I assume are still on, but yeah, I mean, if it was like an emergency doctor's appointment, I would think. But I mean, then again, I mean, if it's just like a, a two-year, like his two-year-old checkup or his, what would be his like three-year checkup, the doctors might say, if he's not sick, don't come in. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't actually know that. But hmm. So, Max, what's 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 going on in Chicago? Uh, not a whole lot. <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> Your few, governor, uh, my parents' governor, definitely took a more active role. <laughs> took a more yeah, pro- yeah, thankfully. The... Um, a few days ago, uh, our governor, Governor Pritzker, and uh, the Chicago um, mayor, uh, Mayor Lightfoot, uh, well, the, the governor, first of all, uh, declared that we are in a stay-at-home status, uh, which is basically kind of what Ryan was describing. What, what, I'm sorry, not what, uh, what you were describing, Rob, in that everything is closed except for essential um, stores, um, you know, city facilities, uh, utility, you know, all that sort of things, all those sort of things. And, um, I have not been, I've been out of the house once in the last eight days, I guess, because because we are taking this very seriously. Um, you know, we, we've seen what it's doing in, in Italy and what it's done in Spain and what it's done, you know, um, in China. And, um, you know, we have, elderly people in, in our, in our lives, as I'm sure a lot of people do. And, um, you know, my mom had breast cancer about five years ago and she is, is still on a, on a medicine that affects her, um, her, uh, um, she's, she's immunosensitive. She's, she's, yeah, she's compromised. Um, my, uh, my future, and I don't know, he, my my niece's boyfriend's mother <laughs> uh, was was recently diagnosed, uh, uh, and uh, so she's immunocompromised. Um, you know, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law. You know, they're they're all of an age where they all have um, with their with their health. And um, I was talking to my mom this morning, and she I was telling her. Because, you know, it's weird. For some reason, my mom is a nurse practitioner, and she still doesn't seem to quite get it. <laughs> she she keeps insisting that she can go out and that she can go do things and that it's okay for everyone to come to the house and, and all that sort of thing. And I had to tell her this morning, look, I, the reason we are taking this so seriously and being so strict about it is that, you know, it's not paranoia as much as it is that if I get sick, if I cannot, if I, if for some reason I am tested positive uh, for COVID-19, um, I will not be able, or, and then my, my mother or my in-laws 
are are also diagnosed, I will not be able to go see them because they're not going to let me in on a, get on a plane. I'll be stuck here. So um, it's not just for my health and the health of the people around me. It's also so that I can go where I'm needed if I'm needed. And, uh, and you know, and that's, uh, you know, anyone who's ever played Pandemic <laughs> knows how, uh, how quickly this sort of thing can get out of hand. And um, it's amazing to me that more people don't understand that. Um, for, for me and Sandy in particular, we, um, I, I have a, I have a small part-time job at a local, uh, used bookstore and that bookstore closed, uh, last week and, uh, well, earlier this week, actually, the days they run in together, <laughs> they, um, and so, you know, I'm not getting a paycheck from that anymore and it's closed for, you know, it's, it's like a high school party, you know, it's now it's closed till question mark, question mark. <laughs> And the, um, we both freelance. And, uh, so that's what we're going to be depending on, uh, for the duration. And, but the good thing about that is that freelancing really kind of, it, it's good training for, um, staying at home all the time. <laughs> and so, you know, we're, we're doing well. And the good thing is, is that Sandy and I, uh, have freelanced together for a long time. And before that we've worked together in the same offices very often, uh, we met at work. We, we met in the in the office uh, way back when, and so we are very well adjusted to working and being together a lot, and uh, that really helps because I, I'm sure there's a lot of couples out there who are having to do it for the first time who are kind of like already climbing the walls, <laughs> and uh, so we're we're lucky in that way. We also have um, a neighborhood grocery store that's a couple of blocks from here. Uh, that we can go to that has been well stocked and people in the neighborhood thankfully don't seem to be going too crazy yet so we've been able to get what we need and everything else we're ordering online uh so yeah we've been taking advantage of everything we can to stay home did the bookstore close uh because they were forced to or because they they took they were proactive about it they were proactive about it they closed maybe I want to say two or three days before the order came down. Okay. Uh, but even then, I was kind of surprised that they stayed open as long as they did because, you know, I love I love the used bookstore. I love working there. I, I love the, you know, I can stay in a used bookstore all day, uh, but I'm not going to say that it's an essential service. Right. So. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I know a lot of like libraries that were trying to stay open as long as they could Mm -hmm. for some, because they provide like internet and Wi-Fi access to people who don't might not otherwise have it. Um, But also just for people who do like, can't like go to work or something who might be shut in as just a resource for giving them something to read a source of information, some kind of entertainment. I know a couple of people who like work in libraries around the country who were trying to stay open as long as they could until they did were basically shut down and and deemed non-essential too. Yeah, no, sure, and I I understand that. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie. When I on my last day of work, I grabbed a handful of books to bring home, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, and yeah, in libraries especially, you know, they they are often shelters for the homeless, and it's still cold here. You know, it still gets chilly here, um, especially at night. Uh, they provide internet service for people who don't have internet service at home, uh, which is an important source of information and being able to get in touch with family, uh, you know, who maybe don't live in the city or you can't see. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I totally understand that. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you could see the numbers adding up, you know, and, and you hear everyone talking about flatten the curve 
And to be honest, uh, my, my last few days there, you could see the drop off of people already. And, uh, you know, I, and I feel bad for the owner because that's, this is going to be a huge loss of income for him as, as much, you know, if not more than it is for me. Um, but I also think he's doing the responsible thing by, by staying closed. I'm glad you mentioned the, the libraries being access to the internet for people who don't have it because, you know, I, I, while Kelly and I do a lot of stuff together, we go out on weekends, we see people. In fact, we uh, we went to go see uh, King Kong on the big screen just two just a week ago uh, when the when the Fathom events did it, and it occurred to me that that might be the last movie I see in the theater for quite a long time, which, you know, I, I mean, I don't mean to say that as some sort of great sacrifice, but it just sort of dawned on me that I'm like, oh, my God, this might be a really long time. But, like, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have Internet service at home. Like, I'm riding this out. We're riding this out at work. We're, we're, we're working at, at our, you know, our dinner table, and we're watching 30 Rock episode after episode for an entire week. <laughs> and, too. you know. Yeah, and I, I'm, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still able to podcast, and I'm still able to watch. Uh, Friday night we watched The Invisible Man, uh, the new movie because Universal made it available. Uh, you know, they're streaming all their theater, theatrical movies because people can't go to the theater. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have internet. That would I. That to me seems like uh, hell on earth to be trapped in your place, you know, wherever your apartment or house and then have no connection to the outside world in that manner. That would really drive me bonkers. So, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I sort of Kelly and I've been talking about it and I said to her that I've sort of chosen to, I mean, I complain about a, a lot about everything cause that's just who I am, but like, I'm trying my best to think about like what vibes I'm putting out there. And I'm trying to think, you know what? I'm pretty, fortunate and that I can work from home. I've not lost my income. Uh, if anything, the, the job that I'm doing is probably going to become even sort of, it's going to extend out forever because it's, it's, it's television and people are going to be home watching television through all this. Um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I'm like, this isn't, I, 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 I want to be so careful about how I say this, but it's like for me so far, this isn't that bad. Uh, mm -hmm. I still have access to be able to run around my neighborhood and get exercise and we are getting takeout, uh, like it's going out of style in which in some ways, I guess it is. <laughs> we are just trying, you know, yes, today was Mediterranean yesterday was Shake Shack. I mean, we're just, we are just blowing through the cash on our takeout orders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we ordered from a, one of our favorite places day before yesterday and we just ordered so much food. We're <laughs> <laughs> We we wanted to stock up on the chicken wings and and uh, spaghetti before we <laughs> ran out. And for for us, I mean, because we're a boarding school, because we have that component, the the school cafeteria and the and the cafeteria, the the lunch and dinner services is still open, uh, and that's that's professional. I mean, you would think that regardless of any pandemic status, they would be pretty hygienic. Um, so they still have to come into work to provide food for the kids who are still going to be living on campus for the next couple of weeks or months. Uh, so we're able to take advantage of that and get food that way too. Um, how, are those, but, how are those kids dealing with that? I mean, how are they dealing with – So you, you kind of mentioned that they're – you know, not only are they isolated, but they're isolated from everything you know they know in a sense. So – Honestly, I mean, not to, to paint with a broad brush, but like the students who are still here are mostly our Chinese students. Mm. And a lot of them are basically, are they, 
they are not necessarily the most socially outgoing extroverted of our population anyway. A lot of them tend to stay in their room and play games and study for the SATs and do that. And if they, they hang out with their friends, they kind of like cluster together. Um, so that I mean, it's honestly, if there was a group that had to stay here, they're the ones that aren't going to cause any real drama. Mm-hmm. And they're probably the most well accustomed to it because for some of them, they were sent to the United States for boarding school when they were 13 years old, and they don't expect to ever go back. I mean, this is kind of like the life. They were they were sent here as soon as they could go to an American boarding school. They were sent here, and then they're planning to go to an American college. That's why they came here. And so, like, they just it's it, they're like they they don't necessarily want to go back home because they have like they their their life is here. They don't. So it's, but not, I mean, that's for some of them, for some of them, uh, some of them would go back if they could, but their countries are locked down and they just can't travel there. Um, but for the most part, they seem to be adjusting. I mean, they, they live on their phones and their computers anyway. So it's, (laughs) it's not the, it's not the craziest thing. Um, one other thing though, that I did want to mention, this was something that, uh, my wife was telling me because uh, at the end of the week, she had a department meeting with the other English teachers and with, with her boss and they kind of assessed, it's like, how is this going? How, how is it now teaching all of your classes and trying to communicate with possibly a hundred students and their parents and all these things just through emails every single morning wow. um, to like check in with them. Like, how are they doing? And they're like, it kind of sucks. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's, there's definitely a learning curve and it's really problematic. And they're hitting all of these like things that they're going to need to adjust. And the, they, her, her department chair was kind of like, you know what? That's true. And that's good to realize, but it's okay. If this kind of sucks, we don't necessarily want to get to the point where we're as effective teaching this way as we are with all the kids in the classroom, because we want to go back to the way it used to be when this is all over. So it was like, it's so, and I think that lesson can be applied to a lot of people. If you are working from home and you're not as effective or efficient or productive, you, that's okay. That is acceptable. We have to kind of give ourselves some leeway in these times because you want to, you want the rubber band to snap back in the other direction. You want, you want to be able to return to a sense of normalcy eventually, because if not, then that, then things will change and that will become the new normal. And if that, if you don't like that, then yeah. I have to say, I am enjoying my two minute commute to the office now. This is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it's really <laughs> like, oh, it's 827. I guess I should be at work. You know, like 829, I'm early. You know, it's just like, I'm really enjoying that. I mean, uh, have you, is there anything that you guys are kind of looking for? Are there, is there anything you guys have been wanting to get to, whether it be reading or watching something or listening to something that you're like, you know, oh, I'll get to that eventually. But now you're like, well, now I got a lot more free time. And you're kind of like going to finally get to it, sort of. Is there anything on there? And I, the, the example I can think of is um, for Christmas, uh, Kelly got me the Planet of the Apes Blu-ray set, the five <laughs> movies. And I just hadn't gotten around to watching them. And now I'm like, well, now we're doing it. Let's watch. So now I'm three of the apes. I mean, I've seen them all, of course, dozens of times. But now I'm three apes films in. You know, I'm like, okay, great. And so I've been really kind of only getting into some of this stuff. And, like, I've been buying those Marvel True Believers comics, those dollar reprints. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. I've got a stack of them to my right here that's, like, 20 deep. And I haven't (laughs) gotten to them. And now I'm like, now I think I can finally get to them. And it's – there's just stuff where I'm like, 
I keep telling myself, oh, you'll get to it, you'll get to it, you'll get to it. And now I'm kind of like, well, now I really don't have any excuse because I have at the very least 10 hours of non-commute time given back to me, which is really wonderful. So is there anything you guys have been sort of earmarked for, for, you know, do you ever say to yourself, you know, in case there's ever a pandemic, I want to get to this? Um, well, I'll, I'll start. Um, and this is probably going to be very obvious maybe to some people, but I am finally uh, getting back to uh, some podcasting that I used to do. <laughs> um, the, um, you know, the, uh, it's, it's, it's shameful, to be honest, and I'm embarrassed <laughs> by how long it's taking me to, to get an episode out of either one of, of um of uh, Max, plastic hats Max, or I, I didn't mean you to take it that hard when I stood up and said Jacques Hughes when we were at the <laughs> in, in, in I'm sorry well, I made you feel bad. Well you you know, pointing to a noose didn't help. I, I thought that was a little much. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm you know, I, I have I have a mirror factory in the can. I'm going I have uh people lined up to that I just need to schedule. Uh, I have a topic for another uh, plastic cast, and, and you know I, I have no excuse for for how long it's taking me to get to those. But now I, I know I really have no excuse. I mean, what am I going to say? The pandemic kept me busy. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm at home. And... You could have everybody at the network read their favorite passage from the stand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you 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 mentioned that I think in our in our. Uh, our network chat. And that is not a bad idea <laughs> actually considering that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, I, I want to get back to that. Um, and for someone who runs a, um, a literary podcast, it, I, for some reason don't have as much time to read as I would like. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm getting to that stack of books that have just been kind of sitting there and, and I'm, I'm learning how to read again, if that, if that makes sense. <laughs> so, I think I can say without any hyperbole that if uh, the pandemic gets Max to do podcasting again, it was all worth it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the United Nations is drafting something up to that effect right now. <laughs> there is no way that comment is not going to come back to haunt me one day. There's no, no chance. No comeuppance. No comeuppance. <laughs> Yes, when one of our beloved listeners loses a family member. Oh, like, Screw you, Rob Kelly. This is your fault. <laughs> I've heard that before, Ryan. That's not going to be anything. Come on. Well, you know, and that's something I want to point out real quick. You know, I, I hope people don't think we're ever making light of this. But no, at the same no. time, we do not want to be doom and gloom because there's enough of that out there already. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, this was always the point of, of this show when we talked about it was just not so much to talk about the virus. But, I mean, how are how are you coping? How is everybody coping? Because everybody has different things to – different mechanisms, you know? I mean, uh, we're, we're all pop culture junkies. I mean, that's what a podcaster is for the most part. And so you have those things to entertain yourselves. But not everybody is that lucky or can engage themselves in that way. And so that was what I was interested in. So, you, so Max, you mentioned – there are books you want to get to. Like, what what books are you wanting wanting to get to? What is there, has there been something that you've been like just you know eyeing on your table, like uh, Shag and his Sad Sack comics? <laughs> uh, well, there, you know, there's been a lot of things, and and um, I was looking at my stack of books, and a lot of them are kind of heavy kind of things. <laughs> so, what the, the thing that I just read recently actually uh, was a Star Trek book. Um, Set in the original series, so it's, you know, Kirk and Bones and, and uh, Spock running around. Uh, it's called Allegiance in Exile. It's uh, by David R. George III, 
second, third. <laughs> and, um, and it came out in 2013, so it's, it's probably old news to a lot of people. But uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I haven't read a Star Trek book in a long time. And, uh, you know, I, I really kind of dug it. I liked the way it was written. I, there was a part that actually made me gasp at one point. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, and right now I'm just kind of looking for light reading. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm rereading my Human Fly comics, uh, which, <laughs> which was, which was uh, uh, you know, uh, a too soon canceled book from uh, from Marvel back in the in the seventies and early eighties. I don't remember the dates, um, but you know, if anyone doesn't know, it's about a, a stunt a stunt guy who is almost killed and his bones are mostly replaced by metal, and that makes him strong somehow. <laughs> and, and he also later, so he becomes sort of a hero against his will, and then a rock star. So you know, it's it's perfect Marvel from that era, and uh, yeah, and so you know, I'm. I'm it's hard not to scroll through the through the timeline and to watch the news, but I think it's very important not to, uh, not to do it all the time at least, because we you know you just need that psychological break, and and Star Trek and Marvel comics are are great for that. Oh, they got sure, yeah, exactly, <laughs> that's what they're here for. <laughs> Ryan, what about you? Uh, yeah, I am I am trying to take advantage. Um, actually, before before Illinois shut everything down. Uh, my old hometown comic book store, Graham Cracker Comics, which is an Illinois chain. Max, we actually went to one with Luke Dobb. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, uh, the chain had a buy two, get one free sale on their trade paperbacks and graphic novels, uh, like the week before everything shut down. So I actually had somebody back in Illinois go there, get me like six books and, and ship them to me. Uh, so I do, I've got a stack of a ton of books, but, uh, I'm also, I, like I've got those, but I, I've got like you know, you know, two dozen uh, Gene Colan books that I'm reading and, and like prepping because I want to turn those into podcasts. I've got bad and stuff. Like I'm, I'm really trying to maximize my my podcast output during this time, just because <laughs> I can. I can record. Like I've got like you know, one or two recordings every day for like the last couple of days, like earlier last week, um, Ashford just sent me a message. He's like, Hey, I've got this idea for a podcast. Is it, could you record it tonight? I'm like, let me check my schedule. Yes. <laughs> wow. <I'm open. laughs> let's, let's do it. Uh, so, um, I, I am trying to do that. I'm trying to get a, a bunch of stuff out. I mean, certainly throughout the day, I mean, my day job hasn't changed because I'm still I'm I'm with the kid during the day. But like I'm I'm reading a bunch, um, uh, and like also like listening to to podcasts. I listen to so many podcasts, but also like the news podcasts that I listen to have been more depressing than anything lately. Like those are the things that I'm like, oh man, this you reach a point where the information is just uh, is like on overflow or overload. Sorry. Um, so. Yeah, it's just been it's been reading old Marvel comics. It's been reading you know the black and white magazines. Um, I've got this stack of uh, hardware comics from the old DC Milestone era, like the first year of those that I have had, and I don't think I ever read more than the first couple of issues. And I don't remember when I got all of these because I've got like twelve or thirteen issues. Um, but I'm like, yeah, I, I just need to sit down. I just want to binge this whole run. Um, you, know who, you know who loves the Milestone comics? Corey Drew. 
Oh, yeah? Loves the milestone company. For the longest time, he talked about, I don't mean to speak for him, but, I mean, he talked about that he wanted to do a podcast on those, but he was like, he felt a little weird about being, like, the whitest white boy doing a, a podcast <laughs> on the milestone comics. <laughs> like, well, you know, what, you know what would fix that if another white, white boy got <laughs> and we did it together. Two 30s or 40 white guys from, from uh, New England talking about milestone comics. <laughs> that, that's how the math works, right? Two, two, two white guys equal one person of color? Is that, is that how that works? <laughs> I, I don't think this comic really spoke to me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not feeling it. <laughs> Feel the burn. Okay. All right. All right. Everybody got that. All right. So, well, that, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned about the podcasting, Brian, because that's definitely been something on my mind of like, I have so many, first of all, I have way too many shows and I'm trying to balance them all. And then I'm, I'm kind of like, well, geez, now I don't even have, like I said, I don't have that hour commute. I'm not getting up at 5 a.m. any morning to go run down to the gym. So it's like, I think I, you know, like there's, I'm, I'm scheduling more stuff. I'm kind of like, and I'm trying to strike while the iron is hot, sort of. Again, it's probably a bad metaphor, but just like I want to try and get as many of these things going as possible because this will end eventually, and then we'll kind of go back to normal. But I mean, for right now, like I try and balance on the weekends us going out and doing stuff and seeing people with working in my recording schedule, and I try and have a nice balance of both things. Uh, and now I don't really have to kind of worry about that. I'm just like, well, I can just, I can just lard up my weekends with recordings because we're not doing anything else. So, I mean, you know, that's, that is, it is kind of a, a, a treat for podcasters. I have to say, um, I did mention earlier that we watched the invisible man, uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 the Blumhouse version, uh, Friday night we made, uh, well, I should say Kelly made some very powerful drinks, uh, which was which was good. She's a she's a very very good mixologist, and so we sat and watched The Invisible Man. And for anybody who doesn't know, Universal has made all their current theatrical films available via streaming. And so we had wanted to see The Invisible Man. I had actually talked about going to see it in the theater, so we rented it on Amazon. Now it was twenty dollars to rent, uh, which is obviously way more than typically. Uh, you would pay, but it always sort of worked out that, well, two tickets plus concessions would have been way more than 20 bucks. So mm-hmm. it ended up working out. So we ended up, we watched The Invisible Man. Do you, the one of you guys seen that? No, not yet. No, I, I actually, I, I kind of want to because I remember like when I saw the, the trailer for it, I was like, this looks like a really good horror movie, but I was also worried that the trailer gave away way too much of the movie. I, it was, we actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I really liked the idea of just taking, the basic premise of an invisible man, that's it. Mm-hmm. And making it and making modern instead of trying to do that dumb universal dark universe thing where they're like right. the mummy, but it's an action film. It's like, no, this is the invisible yeah. man is straight up a horror film. Uh, and I won't say much anymore about it for people who haven't seen, haven't seen it, but we really enjoyed it. I thought it was terrific. And uh, I thought, you know, Hey, if, if Blumhouse has figured this out of how to do the universal monsters in a modern way like this, do the rest of these, you know, and, mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. like what you're doing with DC. Don't bother to connect them up. I don't need mm-hmm. to see that. I don't. I don't need to see Elizabeth Moss wandering into the Doctor Check, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde movie. It's fine, <laughs> you know. But it was. It was really quite effective, and I actually thought it was pretty cool. Of, I mean, I, I paid for it. It's not like they were giving it away. But I actually thought it was pretty cool that Universal was saying, "Okay, look, we know you can't go to the theater to see our movie, so here you go." And I had just heard the other day that Disney is going to postpone Black Widow. Uh, but apparently the word is they are not going to just drop it on Disney plus, like they're going to hold it. And, you know, I mean, good Lord, who knows how long this is going to run. This might, 
you know, I mean, wh- I, I was talking about this the other day on, on Facebook, like what this might do to the movie theater business. I mean, people I was, might. I was talking about that with my brother and I was talking about that with Omar. And I like I I mean, I think if if more students like act like Universal is done and like they figure if there are other ways of monetizing their product and making it more of a pay-per-view thing with the amount of streaming options, I was like, I can see movie theaters just going away and not recovering. I don't know why Disney is holding Black Widow back, but I, I think they, they expect it to, they, it has to make so much money. And if it doesn't, then they're just not going to, or if they think it might not just through like a pay-per-view model, if that's not enough of a, of a revenue source, then it's, they won't abide that failure. So I don't know. And what do you do if, if you're, I mean, I highly doubt this seems so I, I, concerning what's going on out there. This seems so silly to even be thinking about it, but Hey, you know, that's what we're here for kind of is like, you know, Marvel puts these movies out, you know, in order. And I mean, while I doubt that there's going to be much of a crossover between Black Widow and the Eternals, these, these do kind of seem like dominoes to a certain certain extent. You know what I mean? Like if you if one gets bumped, does it affect the next one? I, assume, I mean, the production has shut down on all of them. So wow. I, I assume I, I like I mean, Marvel Studios is shut down like they're not making any wow. movies or any TV shows right now. They're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if if. Black Widow comes out in September now or something instead of May, then the Eternals gets bumped to, you know, February of the next year or something like that. I mean, they'll push them back so much so that they know they can maximize the amount of money between them. But uh, I, I don't know. I better get my. I spend so much time thinking about Disney's like revenue stream and and their reasons for for making profit. It's my last Star Wars podcast. I, I can't even get into that headspace. <laughs> I'm sure they're worried about yours, Ryan. So I mean, I think it's all equal. <laughs> sure. I, all I better say is I damn well better get my Shang Chi movie on time. That's all. Oh my I god. Know. <sighs> you know, I, I would I would hope so, but I think a lot of this just has to do with timing and and the way. Disney structures the Marvel movies. They're they're kind of interdependent, even if it's not overt. Um, you know, there's always something that is connected to something else. And like you said, it's dominoes, and I'm not sure how that. Um, I don't know how a Black Widow movie would affect an Eternals movie, <laughs> but but I can see I can see it being somewhere in there. You know, in, in a, even in a cutscene that they might have to get rid of, but yeah, and I don't. You know, as far as people not going to the theaters anymore, I mean, I think once this is, you know, hopefully quickly or as quickly as it can be over, and I think a lot of things are. are I'm not sure if we're going to go back to the way things used to be or some version of it, but I think I think people like. I know I like, and maybe this is a generational thing too, because I'm old. The you know people like. Uh, the social aspect of going to a movie theater and seeing it on a big screen and, you know, all that sort of thing. And I don't know if that's necessarily going to go away, but I think it's definitely probably going to change in some way. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I wonder if, if after say this goes on for a month or two, there's so much pent up uh, need to go back to that, that people go back to theaters and, and, and sporting events in droves, like they over, not overdo it, but like it, it, it comes back with a vengeance because people have been, denied it for so long we've taken grant we've taken it for granted for so long and then to have it taken away it occurred to me the other day when kelly and i went food shopping and the store shelves were just completely empty that i i was like my god i was like i mean obviously this goes on in other countries and 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 it's not like you know 
everything just because it doesn't happen here doesn't mean it doesn't happen all over the world in places and we're very fortunate that it doesn't happen here but it occurred to me looking at these empty shelves i'm like this is not anything anyone in this country alive has experienced the last time you could get close to this was maybe the great depression and for and my father was alive during the great depression but he would have been a toddler he wouldn't have remembered anything he wouldn't have felt it but i mean for you to be old enough to have remembered what it felt like during the depression you'd probably have to be about 90 90 95 at this point and there aren't that many people like that left so it's like virtually everyone in this country has never been through this before and i wonder what that's going to do to our art to our entertainment, you know what I mean? Like what the what the reverberations of that are going to be if this goes on for longer than a couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah, and I, I um, uh, no, you know what? I was going to say something political, and never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I mean, it's um, we're going to have to see where we land after this after this arc in our global society, and it's um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, what's the first rom-com going to look like where people have a meet-cute at a, you know, COVID-19 testing facility oh, or something? God. I mean, I mean it's going to happen. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a Hallmark Christmas special or something. You know, it's going to happen. Is, love is contagious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to get off because Max and I have got to punch through that script. We got to we gotta get going on that. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, my initial thought for this show was that we would be talking about – the stuff we've been reading or, or watching or listening to to kind of get through this enforced uh, captivity. And, you know, of course, naturally, there's a, there's a, a more talk about just the, the, the situation in general because we're all so new at this. But my hope is that um, different perm- – as I mentioned at the top of the show, like different permutations of the network will put these shows together. Uh, the different people that want to get together to talk about what they're going through will we'll do it. And for those of you out there listening, uh, we hope you participate as well. Um, please go to our website, fireandwaterpodcast.com, and leave a comment. Let us know how you're doing. And if you know what, if you want to be part of this, if you want to join us on one of these shows to talk about uh, what you're doing to get through all this, let us know, and we could put something together. I, I'm hoping. Um, on the one hand, I'm hoping we do lots of these episodes because they think they, they might be a kind of like pressure valve. At the same time, I hope that this is over so soon that we don't get a chance to do too many of these. So, uh, but we'll, we will see. So uh, I think, uh, guys, unless there's anything else you, you wanted to add, should we just wrap up here? Uh, I mean, just going along with like leaving comments, what, what you guys have been doing to kind of cope and to just entertain yourselves. Uh, leave reading or viewing recommendations. I mean, mm-hmm. if there are like TV shows that you're binging or yeah. new movies that you've discovered or something. Um, yeah, I mean, with, like aside from all the kids stuff that I'm, I'm watching with Reese, I have been going through 30 Rock and Parks and Rec. Uh, like those are sort of like my comfort food shows and everything. Man, like that. 30 like, Rock was sort of, good, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, anytime you want to do that podcast, I'll, I'm there. Oh, <laughs> oh God. I don't have any time, Ryan. I'm very busy right now. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I mean, like, if if you guys can handle more than one Fire and Water episode a day, if you think you can handle seven Rob Kelly episodes, <laughs> in addition to new episodes of Nightcast and JLI and Who's Who and The Mirror Factory, you know, let us know. Let us know. <laughs> well, we have to make room for all these shows that Max is recording. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and the, and the upcoming Human Flycast. You know, so. <laughs> Good uh, lesson. <laughs> at least that one's short. The no, the only other, the only thing I would add is Hentified on Netflix. That's that's a that's a great show. If you 
want to want a, a peek into the Mexican American mindset in in LA, that's a good place. It's it's funny, it's sweet, it's really good. Is it a documentary or a scripted? No, it's scripted. It's actually a it's a comedy. Oh, okay. All right. So cool. yeah, it's it's a uh, it's really good. It's about real issues, but it's uh, it's very um, not tongue in cheek, but it's it's um, it's sweet and it's funny. Very and cool. uh, yeah, I would I would like to see what other people think of it. And uh, yeah, just to echo what you guys said, you know, I, I hope people see this for what it is. You know, just a, a pressure valve for us, but also you know, uh, hopefully a pressure valve for everyone else. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's other stuff we've been consuming here and there, and I'll get to that in probably future episodes. And like I said, I I, I hope we. I hope we don't have to do too many more of these, but at the same time, uh, it's nice that we have the opportunity uh, to get here and to get together and just sort of virtually talk this out. And like I said, I hope that we will do other ones with some of the other guys from the network. And uh, so we will see. So I said, leave your comments, everybody on the, on the website, fryingwaterpodcast.com. And as I back up what Ryan said, let us know what you're listening to, watching, reading. Uh, I'd love to be able to create this sort of, you know, amazing list of different things because we have listeners all over the world. So uh, said, if you're interested in participating, let us know and go to the website and you can do the contact form. You can let us know there, or you can just leave a comment. So I guess that is going to do it. So uh, we're going to sign off here. Now, initially, I wanted to keep this show as lo-fi as possible, which meant I wasn't even going to do an intro theme or an outro theme. But in the last couple of days, our pal Luke Dobb uh, created a song. <laughs> created a song. Uh, I believe it's just called Quarantine, uh, sung to the tune of Billy Joel's Allentown. And it became quite a little YouTube sensation. It just rocketed all over the place. It, it kind of became very contagious on YouTube. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, um, so, uh, so Luke very generously allowed me to borrow some of the audio as our, as our closing themes. We might just use that for every episode. So uh, enjoy the dulcet tones of Luke Dobb singing uh, his song, Quarantine, sung to the tune of Allentown. Go check out that video on YouTube. You can see the whole thing. There's a little piece of uh, Aquaman set deck in it, which I really much appreciate. So, uh, so yeah, enjoy that and said, uh, stay safe, everybody, stay healthy, and uh, we will talk to you later. Bye bye. And we're living here in quarantine, unlike anything we've ever seen. At the grocery store, they're buying wine, fuel, and papers for their behind. And my skin is dry from washing my hands. I just canceled all my summer plans Baby boomers are still on the time